I'm Molly, and you're listening to Zetus Lapidus, a Mammoth Club original podcast. What up, all you motocross racers, both women and men? Thank you. I'm Alan. I'm, you know what? I was going to try and think of a male name that's like Molly so that I could be like gender swapping like this film. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I couldn't think of one. Fine. I couldn't think of a literal male name that started with M in this moment. Well, I mean, I think the, the challenge is finding one that sounds like Molly. Exactly. Right. Andy, right? It's the right. same name. Yeah. I was trying to, I was like Matt, but that's not like no. close to Molly. And then I, and then I just panicked. So um, <laughs> I'm Molly. Merle. I'm Max, which could be used. <laughs> yeah, either. either way. Yeah. That's good. Uh, and this is Zetus Lapidus. It's the show where we watch every Disney Channel original movie or DCOM in chronological order and then spend way too much time analyzing them. This week, we watched Motocrossed. Two of us had some nostalgia factor. One of us didn't. I'm excited to see how that plays out throughout this recording. This movie was released February 16th of 2001, and the basic show info is as follows. A young girl secretly poses as her twin brother to win the big motocross race for him after he breaks his leg. That sure. is true. I wish they didn't give away the ending. Like, obviously, you know the end she's going to win because that's mm. it's a Disney movie, but I wish they didn't give that away in the show notes. Yeah, well, just races as. Yeah, competes as. Yeah, competes yeah. as. Also breaks his leg. It's 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 very specifically a knee issue, right? Uh, like, okay. am I? Okay. <laughs> that's not, I mean, that's, you know what? Part of the leg, I think. Uh, wait, what? No. Uh, did either of you watch this movie as a kid? I did. I really liked this movie as a kid. So I was cautiously excited to watch it this week. Uh, as in the past, I've been disappointed by films I enjoyed as a kid. <laughs> yeah, so, for sure. But, uh, well, I mean, we'll get to the final thoughts at the end. Right. Uh, no. You did First not watch for me. Yeah. I watched it as a kid, although it was like a one time viewing. I have watched it more times as an adult than as a kid. Um, so, but this was a regular, was a, regular viewer of motocross. Story big, there, big fan of big, Honestly, big motocross whenever, fan. whenever I need just, just a, a nice, nice retelling of Shakespeare's 12th night, I go to motocross. Uh, it's, it's just a good Whenever you want to find She's the Man, but it's available to stream, you go to Motocross. It's like, God, I can't get She's the Man. You're Um, really excited about Amanda Bynes, but you'll settle for for these characters. I'll settle for this this version. Uh, (laughs) The top song of this week was Mrs. Jackson by OutKast. Shit, that's a good song. Sorry, Mrs. Jackson. so good. I am for real. Never meant to make it up. The crap. I apologize a million times. Sorry, Miss Jackson. Yeah, great fucking song. When I saw that, I was like, yes. Uh, the top movie, the top grossing film of this week was Hannibal. Oh. The prequel to Silence of the Lambs, if I'm remembering correctly. That is correct. Uh, I was I was having to, I was sort of second guessing myself on that. And I looked it up and I was like, oh, I'm reminded now just how creepy. Those movies are. I've not seen that ah. one. I've obviously seen Silence of the Lambs, but I've not seen the prequel. Lover of a lover of a horror. Genre. I do like horror, but he is scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some of the news headlines of the time, some pop culture 
things was Napster, if you will recall, was reaching its peak in popularity in the coming months because I think we have a month-to-month decom. In 2001, Napster will be shut down. But right now, it is reaching its peak in popularity. Did you guys use Napster? Mostly due to Lars Ulrich, as Uh, I remember it being shut down. Um, I used Napster one time to download one song, and then I moved on. Do you remember the song? Kazaa. Kazaa. Kazaa was LimeWire before it was LimeWire. It like mm-hmm. re-brand, rebranded into LimeWire. I, I had Kazaa and LimeWire as well, but I, I need to know yeah. if you remember the one song you downloaded. Hmm. I think. I could be wrong. I, oh I think God, I've I'm told so this ready. story on the pod. I think it was, hey, J-J-Jaden. <laughs> I'm sorry, is that aerosmith yeah yeah it It all comes around it all comes around honest to god i i feel like i've told the story at some point on a stream or maybe a pod but my mom didn't like aerosmith and so of the massive music collection that i grew up with in my home there was no aerosmith and this is the weirdest like very specific memory (laughs) but you know those like old late night commercials where there would be a compilation cd that you could buy and they would play pieces of a bunch of songs there was a CD that had Jaded on it, and I liked the five seconds of the song, but I knew that my mom didn't like Aerosmith, and so I had to I had to sneakily pirate <laughs> Jaded <laughs> so that I point. could listen to all of that one song. So I'm pretty sure that the one song I downloaded on Napster was Jaded by Aerosmith. You got your mama style, but she is Jaded's child. I love me. that so much. It so could not have jaded. been a better song to speak yeah. about on this podcast. Mama, baby, and now you love Erisus so much, you're on an Armageddon podcast. So that's yeah, an Armageddon podcast. That's right. It's actually why. Yeah, I think we we formed this was that we're all mutual fans of Aerosmith. Yeah, fans th- of Aerosmith. <laughs> that was what, we that was need what Steven started. Tyler on the yeah. pod. Come on the pod. He listens for sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, uh, pop, sort of pop culture news of this week, which is literally pop culture news that just stood on headlines, where we had two in the month of love of February. We had two famous couples at the time split: J Lo and Puff Daddy, as well as Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. I don't know what part of that is the most shocking, but it might be the fact that it was still Puff Daddy. Yeah, not P Diddy or Diddy yet. It was mm. Puff Daddy. All I remember when I think of J Lo and Puff Daddy is that dress. Mm. Mm. You know the one. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Tom Cruise pre-couch jumping days. Pre-Scientology. Yeah. This is, yeah, wait, right before. Or wait, right, right after, maybe. I was No, it's not pre-Scientology. He was absolutely in, because in the Going Clear doc, they are trying to break him up. They did. And she married Keith Urban, who I got to say, upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle of Scientology. But yeah, pre-couch jumping, for sure. Yeah, pre, pre-couch jump. Interesting. So yeah, that's what's happening in the in February of 2001 around this time. We ready to dive into motocrossed? I'm always ready. Zoom, I'm, zoom. I'm always ready to jump. No, this zoom, isn't zoom, seen zoom. on. But I'm zooming on my motorbike. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a woman. I don't understand how motorcycles okay, work. Okay. Well, we're going to get into that very key plot point quickly. True. True. 
apparently, according to this one sexist ass dad. Anyway, we are talking about motocross, folks. One thing I want to say, we've said it before on this podcast and it is rearing its head again, is boy, does Disney love a random fucking sport. Like, we're going to do, was motocross big at the time in 01 for anybody? Like, uh, I don't know. I remember, I remember that, uh, is it Fox, the brand that they wear a lot of in this, I remember being all over my school. Oh, okay. I don't know. That doesn't, I might just be from the country, but that's, I, uh, feels like well, that's a Max, tennis. But like the, that the like Fox brand that is on a bunch of this gear, I remember seeing pretty regularly, mm. um, throughout school. We like to wear the fox. But I do think it's interesting that of the sports films we've had so far we have had horse racing inline skating snowboarding surfing snowboarding surfing bowling and now motocross we haven't had a a baseball a basketball a football like we haven't had like kind of your mainstream sports at all we've only had kind of these well don't worry we'll look at the extreme x games type sports for the most part Mm -hmm. true the opening sequence, there's a lot of montages in this, which, you know, kudos to motocross for including one of my favorite parts of any decom, which is just a random montage. And in this specific instance, uh, we call back to like montages that have inappropriate background music. So like, it's not super hype background music, it's sort of like poppy style. So we have cheerleading counterposed with motocross. They're establishing very early that girls cheerlead and boys motocross. I like that we're going to get cheerleading for all of one scene. It'll never come back the nope. rest of the movie. I, I was <laughs> yep. like, oh, okay. We're, we're never going to talk about her being cheerleader again. I understand. Yeah, they established the roles of the family really quickly. We have Andrea and Andrew, who are twins. Parents didn't break any brain cells on those sure. names. <laughs> Andrea is the cheerleader. Andrew is the motocross rider. The younger brother's name is Jason. Jason is a nine-year-old whiz mechanic. He is the precursor to Mechanic Jesus. Uh, and then we have mom and dad. And dad is a dick. And mom is the moral center of the family. So really getting into the tropes right off the rip. And this coalesces i guess as as andrea comes home with her cheerleading trophy tries to show it off to andrew andrew falls off his bike or i'm sorry not bike falls off his motorcycle dad is like we don't have time for your sissy sports get in the house and mom's like it's actually an accomplishment and brother's like it's actually an accomplishment and dad's like fuck you get in the house we don't do sissy sports we only do motocross i i will say it appeared to me that Andrea stood in front of a moving dirt bike that to to share her trophy with her brother. She gets home and he's doing laps, practicing for. They've established he's got a big race coming up. Dad yeah. is dad is applying the uh, dad who didn't get to live his dream pressure to brother pretty early. And as the kids doing laps, Andrea comes home, just stands in front of him on the tracks. Like, look, I won, which causes him to crash. And I was like, he was a better driver. He wouldn't crash. (laughs) Okay. Wow. (laughs) I like it. But to be clear, let's not put brother in the crossfire. He's pretty okay. This entire No, I like brother. I'm going to just staunchly be on Andrea's side the entire time because somebody needs to. But brother, but brother is actually no, like a pretty great. reasonable character I, in this I, film. I, I, I understand there is a villain, but like. <laughs> I, I like brother. I like both brothers. I like mom. 
We'll get into it. My favorite. But, oh, like brother pops back up. He's like he's a weeble. Fine. Yeah. He's I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> and, and is very excited about his sister's trophy. And yes. he is quite enthusiastic about her accomplishment. And oh. the reason that cheerleading has to show up for two minutes of this movie is to establish the fact that the dad could not give two shits that his daughter just won a trophy because all yeah. he cares about is motocross and the son mm-hmm. winning that. So they had to establish it very quickly. And they do, and they uh, immediately make you hate dad. Yeah, they keep hammering that home. Like, I think at the dinner table does a really good job when they, so the scene ends and everybody's now at dinner. I I loved the introduction of this character who um, is a mechanic. And uh, as he comes out, he's dirty. It's time for dinner. I just loved his delivery of this line. Is it Jason? It's Jason. Is it where where he says like, uh, "Mom's like, you got to get cleaned up. You're so dirty from." Dirt. And he's and and this kid who's like small and uh, you know a little grease monkey uh, is like. I'm not even that greasy. What are you talking about? I was like, that is a hell of a delivery, kid. I, I respect it. You really <laughs> went for it there. I, Jason has a lot of really good delivery. He's, he's, his he's job is relief. relief. He's the yeah. comedic relief. He does yeah, a good yeah, job yeah, of playing yeah. that and role, too. And I enjoy too. him. And then we get to dinner, and we immediately get... <sighs> this movie made me physically mad so many times, so I'm going to try... Can I pause for just a moment before you go on your rant? Because it's going to be an epic rant and I can't wait. But Max, I want to give you context. We were watching motocross. Now it's been a minute since we've seen motocross. I think for us, Ah, it's been a while for you. It's your first time. So first time. Yeah. First time viewer. Right. So I don't know how you responded in this moment, but I will, I will sort of describe to you uh, through words, what occurred as we were watching motocross on in our, in our living room. And it is Molly got so upset. She had to remove the sweater she was wearing because she was hot with rage. She was like, I am so angry at this dad right now. And I was like, ah, yes. I mean, I, I see it. I understand. Yeah. So yes, go, I apologize for interrupting you, but I just want to sort of set the scene for Max. <laughs> I was so mad. Okay, okay. Okay. Before we even get into dad's blatant sexism, we have to get into dad's... Narcissism? N- narcissism and the... Yes, as Max said, just the punching of the... I didn't get to succeed, so you're going to succeed for me. And what killed me is he gaslights the shit out of his son right off the bat where he goes, I'm not going to force you to do anything you don't want to do. But if you, you know, if you don't win, you're going to be really mad that you didn't practice as much as I said to. And I'm like, what the fuck do you mean you're not going to force him to do anything he doesn't want to do when he literally... 14 seconds ago wanted to simply congratulate his sister on winning a trophy and you're like get back on the bike like what do you mean you're not going to force him to do anything you don't want to do so dad right off the rip is fucking shitbag and Mm -hmm. gaslights his son who's clearly his favorite so yes there's a bit of um uh establishing dad's role as the driver of sort of the status quo of sexism within a particular sport, his own opinions. They are loud. Uh, those opinions and dad is, is very loud. It is not awesome. And then they just sort of pan away. I, and and I can only think they're just establishing like, this is a, how it's, it's the trope of this is how it's always been, which is. Yeah. The again, status, they're, they're saying the status quo, right? Yeah. If we, if we think about sort of the normal arc of storytelling, this is the current state. Mm-hmm. This is the, the status quo. I will say that I, I noticed this decom sort of writing themselves into a corner in this movie, um, which we'll talk about as we get later, but 
it's really tough for them to make dad the villain and then try to make him a good guy at the end of the movie. I hated it. And, and they, they, they really kind of wrote themselves into a corner. And I, and I think ultimately the, the end of this movie is a little bit muddier because of trying to salvage dad earlier than at the very end of the film, right? They, They actually try to salvage dad going into the final act rather than just letting him be the villain all the way till the end they they try to they try to save him a bit and and i think it makes the ending a little bit muddier so they wrote themselves into a into a you know between a rock and a hard place um in this film by making him so just such a caricature of sex of sexism yeah um it it made it pretty tough for them writing wise i i I actually noticed it and was like ooh, god ooh, this is tough yeah yeah it's it was very much i genuinely believe that at a certain point in the writers room were like oh shit this dude is wholly unlikable we've done too good of a job like we have done too good of a job so now i have to sort of get ourselves out of it and it feels what i don't like is i think it takes some of the weight away from andrea's victory that's that's what I don't like is I don't what I don't want to see happen is I don't want to see as and again that we don't we'll talk about this when we get to the end but I don't want to see the victory lap where she turns to dad I want to see the victory lap where she turns to mom right like because that's mm. the relationship that's established and we'll get to that in just a bit but I agree with you there uh, what does occur after dinner is the next day mom and dad are going into the city to sort of pick up parts and prep and you have Andrew and Andrea deciding who does chores for the next week based upon 12 laps around the uh, motocross dirt biking trail that they have across their property. This is something that's at least when they're interacting seems like something they do fairly regularly to decide on chores or other things because Jason's in on it too. Uh, They have a conversation where they acknowledge, well, dad would be mad if he caught us doing this. And they're like, well, get Dad's not going to find out. And then they start the race. And I thought, and again, it's been a minute since I'd seen this. I was like, God, there's somebody's just got to get injured here, right? Like there's no way this plot moves forward if an injury doesn't happen. And guess what? Sure enough, in the lap, like they establish the banter. You get, I think the banter between Andrew and Andrea is meant to give us as an audience insight to that Andrea likes motocross, but isn't able to do it. Um, yeah. And when you say someone gets hurt, it obviously has to be Andrew because fuck Andrea, right? It doesn't matter. She gets hurt. Her pl- like. Andrew has to get hurt for this plot to move forward. Right. Because if Andrew gets hurt, well, yes, Andrew competes, right? It, it, that, be, uh, the status quo continues. <laughs> She's just a weak woman. Exactly. Correct. So Andrew breaks his knee or hurts his knee or whatever. And dad gets home and blames Andrea, but doesn't say he's blaming Andrew, but blames Andrew because one of dad's personality traits is gaslighting his family. Oh, he says to her, why did you do this? He doesn't look Mm -hmm. at Andrew one time and say, why did you do this? He looks at Andrea and says, I can't believe you let this happen. Why were you guys racing? As if Andrew was not a willing participant on the bike. And Andrew even says he was. Andrew was like, hey, I wanted to do that. Like, I was just as much a part of it. As she was like Andrews, yeah. I, I think it wouldn't Andrew's have happened job. if y'all weren't racing. Wouldn't have happened if, if you know, your sister didn't want to get on the bike. Mm-hmm. And then I also liked you need to, what'd he say? He, Andrew was like, I'm just doing what you told me to do. You told me I need to be racing all the time. You told me I need to be practicing all the time. And dad's like, yeah, with my supervision. That wasn't clear. Part of the instructions there, dad. Yeah. Also, are you, is this kid only allowed to ride his bike? He's clearly quite talented. He's only allowed to ride his bike. 
with dads around this what a this weird 15 year old kid that I, is doing like sick jumps and shit I is also, only allowed to ride his bike when dad's around can i also say in that regard like what is dad gonna do if he crashes his bike like how is dad well being dad there? wouldn't let the woman be on the track she got that's things true. messy that's true um because but, she's a bad driver too God, okay listener molly is visibly incensed and i just like because then okay so then they need a racer for the race because andrew's leg is broken and dad makes it a big deal that he quit his job to make carson racing so that they're like family race business could be successful so that he can feel like less of a piece of shit from his failed childhood. And yep. he says, I need to go find a racer. And Andrea's like, I'll race. I'm a Carson. A Carson should be on the bike. I'm fucking good at this. I just crushed like, and he goes, you need to start doing what girls need to be doing he basically mm-hmm. tells her to get back in the kitchen like he Ooh. is like you need to be interested in what 15 year old girls are supposed to be interested in. which might i remind you dad that five minutes ago at this point she fucking won a cheerleading competition which by your piece of shit misogynistic standards would be something a girl's interested in and you couldn't give two shits about it so pick a lane dad but the lane dad picks is this isn't a joke he says he is fucking tiger woods on the golf course he is Tucker Carlson on Fox News talking about Chelsea Handler last week. It's a joke to think that a woman, a woman, are you fucking kidding me, Andrea? You think this is so funny? It's hilarious that you think you, a woman, could drive a motorcycle. That's bananas. It is It is so out of his teeny tiny misogynistic piece of shit brain to think that his daughter might be good at something that his son is good at to the point where he can't even he can't even entertain the idea because it's funny to him it is the same level of comedy as tiger woods handing whatever his name is a tampon because the joke is haha you're bad at this you're playing like a woman like i was so enraged and i don't think i would be this enraged if this did not happen a week ago. The events I'm talking about happened a fucking week ago, and this movie is over 20 years old. Like, I... <sighs> Congratulations, Dad from Rip Girls. You're not the worst dad in a decom anymore. That's true. You know, That's if there is a positive takeaway, <laughs> it's that we yeah, found the worst the, dad. It's good for the dad from Rip Girls. So that's, yeah, that's yeah. really the benefits. Yeah. yeah, honestly, at this point, we don't care that you kept your previous wife a secret <laughs> at least you're not yeah. overtly sexist pieces of garbage yeah i mean and this is again why i think it's the 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 villain writing in this film is so weird because they make him a very hateable villain and then and then they like try to fix it at the end it's very strange yeah and in my version of job. the plot the mom leaves him strong yeah, yeah. in my strong, version of the plot the mom ending. also realizes that she has value and they leave him and they're all mm-hmm. happy well, and he he's Except he's unemployed now, but yeah, that's fine. Yeah, he's unemployed because they take Carson Racing because Carson Racing belongs to the people that can actually race and they take it and he is sad because at one point mom refers to him as the man of her dreams and that made me sad because this man should be the man of no one's dreams and I was like, man, in my plot, she leaves him and he is just sad and alone with no money and he has to live in like a motel or something and like, I don't care. I don't care. I want the worst possible things to happen to this man. I won't even say what I want to happen because Mm -hmm. it's probably too far in my anger but yeah, in my plot, they leave him and they become really rich 
and they start a foundation and like a scholarship opportunity for women that want to do racing. They team up with the lady at the end and it's awesome. And uh, mom is the uh, head of that scholarship foundation. Well, cause she knows she has a very strong grasp of the rules. We find that later. Yes. Does. Mom does a yes, very sure. strong grasp. Well, later. That's, that's my plot. Yeah. So Molly, um, decom writers for the future would like to submit yeah. to you this new version of the script. If you ever want to do a rewrite of motocross, motocross too. however, yeah. but in, in motocross, let's see stigmatized <laughs> divorce too. Let's, yeah. let's, let's yes. tackle divorce in this yeah. movie as well. Let's, mm-hmm. let's Don't say, say with the partner just because you're married to him. Mm. Yeah, I I agree with all these things. And honestly, I wish we clicked up the single parent counter this week. A, a single parent would be better than dad. Uh, the, the plot of him being dead and her not being allowed to ride the bike because he died in a motorcycle accident a la ready to run is a better plot. I am. Uh, let me say, I, I don't know if it's a better plot. I think I, I'm going to give the movie its credit that part of why you're reacting so uh, strongly is because it's a it's a villain that's easy to root against. You're right. right? It would just so, be better if he was dead. And so, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so they've they've crafted a good villain. Uh, undeniably, he is a strong villain uh, because they've made misogyny the character. They have. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's such a caricature. I think like it's such a. It's such a, and not, not even caricature because it's real. I know that, but like, it's so, there's no nuance. It's, it's just, it's just overt sexism, right? And it's not it's, a caricature. Ugh. That was the wrong word. It is just overt It's his only personality sexism. trait. It's, it's, he is one dimensional and his dimension is sexism. Like it is, um, it's yeah. just, yeah, it like, I think this movie creates this level of visceral response. One, because it's like, you know, that person. And sure. if you, if you do yeah, like, it, and I can, th- I can think of at least three that I've known in my lifetime of that human. And I do not associate with those humans anymore. Like I think anybody, any listener can, you're like, yeah, fuck that person. Um, so it's very easy to root against this guy, but then we're happy because he goes to Europe and we don't have to look at him for a while. That is it's funny. They just write him out. They're like, like, yeah, you're going to be gone the r- most of the movie. He exists as like this looming Everybody is waiting for this sort of like bubbling undercurrent of a threat to come back Mm -hmm. and nobody knows when they're waiting for it. So he listener, the plot is dad has to dad's quit his job in order to apparently just gaslight his son and be a sexist asshole. And now he's going to go to Europe to find a biker amateur racing make that he can quit his job because it Uh, doesn't appear mm. that mom has a job. I mean, it's it's the. the they are trying to qualify for the pro scene. So the whole the whole crux of the movie is that they're trying to get sponsored, which I guess would bring the money in because they'd be a pro racing scene. I don't, I yeah, don't I have any that. idea how much pro racing makes, but that is the, okay. the crux is they have to win to get money. Apparently the average motocross salary is 85 to a hundred K a year. For professional motocross For a pro racers. super cross rider. Okay, okay. Pretty good. So, like, if we're talking amateur, let's just dock that by half. But but he's going out for... But pro. he's not going for amateur. No, no, no. He's currently They are amateur. amateur. Currently amateur. And they are, yeah. And they are trying to get a professional sponsor. Right. So, but what I'm saying a, is current state versus future state. Yeah, right? like I mean, I, I guess I just don't know that what how they're making money now if they don't have... 
Yeah, my gut is they're not because the the thing is that it's going to ruin the family. It's going to like the family is crumbling is the is the like undercurrent, right? That's why you need them to race because otherwise everything falls apart. Uh, Dad goes to Europe and everybody who is watching this movie breathes a sigh of relief. He is going to find a writer to compete for the Carson racing team. And in the meantime, Andrea is very much expressing like, I don't understand why I can't go do the thing. There's she sort of raises this question a lot. She also has this enormous amount of guilt because her dad has blamed her for this situation. He said, it's her fault that Andrew got hurt to your point, Max, the family will crumble without this money. So she's feeling all this blame and she feels like it's on her shoulders to fix what she made messed up. Mm-hmm. She didn't, but she does feel this way. There is one event that I think is that that takes place that is seating for later events. And that is um, Andrea gets tickets to an insane concert. She had money to get to. So we're mm-hmm. just going to sort of mention that offhand with the understanding that that actually does come into play later. I thought they did that very well. We love an insane mention. We, we do, do love an insane mention. mention. And second, which is a little bit more of an immediate impact is they, the family receives a letter from the, pro circuit or the qualifier circuit that says, Hey, due to events outside of our control, we are now moving forward our first race by two weeks. If you do not compete in this first rate, uh, first race, you will be disqualified from participating in all of the other races throughout this season. So dad is in Europe. Family receives this letter. They have no way to contact him. They mentioned telegram or FedEx, which I just think is hilarious. And the mom's like, we wouldn't even know where to send them. And Andrea decides in that moment to take it into her own hands really and and start to practice to try to get better and go race and they set her quickly in a scene where she goes out and competes with i I suppose these are other amateur racers that sort of an outside of their home circuit where she's treated pretty poorly she gets like screwed off the track it's again more more of the ingrained sexism of the sport is displayed to establish that it is a common occurrence. Yeah. They're just doing that more and more. All they're going to be rough with their, literally like runner off the track and then like, are like (laughs) women. Like they literally, they, they like chick as a derogatory. Yeah. uh, Yeah. They laugh at, they like runner off the road and then they're like (laughs) chicks. Like, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Assault is funny. Thank you for that. Mm. Dumb writers. It's dumb track. What what occurs afterwards is like Jason figures this out. Andrew, like, we're not, I shouldn't say figures this out. Jason has like an inkling from these conversations. He's like, well, I don't understand why, like why Andrea can't do the sport. I don't get, by the way, Jason gave me big Tom Holland, Peter Parker vibes. Like if he like was 10 years younger. Character. Yeah, just, I could see it. Just like how he talks and how he interacts and it's sort of like youthful naivete. That's mm. what I really picked up on. And I was like, that's why I think I like the kid. Like, he, his line delivery is epic. <laughs> it's incredible, really. I'm not even that Gracie! <laughs> uh, I, thought that, I thought that this scene was kind of interesting of like making something so blatantly horrible mm-hmm. that we, we still need the, the, the boy to explain to mom why women's rights are important. <laughs> Like, why does the why does the boy need to explain to mom that women's rights are an important thing? Probably because mom is married to dad and is now like mm. a ingrained in whatever dad wants. 
yeah it's also this also occurs i want to make sure that we establish this this also occurs after we have the switcheroo situation with andrea having cut her hair to look like her twin brother and going and trying to pick up parts that were ordered previously like sneak in some boots that she needed because she needs boots that fit her correctly in order to sort of like change gears while on the bike like that all occurs and then we have the mom discovering the plot only after andrew discovers it and Mm -hmm. andrew's pretty Andrew and Jason discover it, and both of them are like, you know, Jason's being funny about it, but Andrew's like, all right, let's do it. Like, I agree. Andrew's a good character. He doesn't want to say, like, mm-hmm. there's no twinge of, like, jealousy or, like, no, you shouldn't do this. It's very much like... I got you. Like, he's, he's supportive. This is, this is fun. How do we... I'm going to ask y'all, how do we fear about the haircut? Ooh. So, yeah. I guess my reaction, having not seen the film, right, and and I'm we're going to go on to see... Andrea engage as though she is Andrew with no additional disguise at all. I most when I first saw the haircut, I was like, she can't just like put it up in the helmet and be like, like she uses the voice when she she like puts the the hat on. I didn't I I didn't know she was gonna cut her hair. Yeah, and I was like, bold choice. Like that's a big move. I thought you would just like tuck the hair. Use the the low voice, right? Like, uh, have a, have a wig cap on. Yeah. She pulled a new line, right? Like she went, she went went hard. I think she commits to a bit and I, (laughs) she did. She did. (laughs) So nine year old talks to mom about women's rights because he had learned about it in school. Mom, I, again, Max, you established like, it's strange that like, that's the, I, when you mentioned it, what hit me is like the, the youth and the next generation is trying to be the voice of change. Right, like mm-hmm. maybe maybe that's what's being attempted here. I actually don't know if the writing would ever go that deep, but that's sort of how I, I'm, I'm. I think it. that's what it was. I think mom is ingrained in living with dad and mm-hmm. kind of just being a passive figure to dad's terribleness. She kind of just her instinct was like, "No, it isn't done." Is what she yeah, says. She said, "This isn't done. Mm-hmm. You're going to get hurt or whatever." And then it it takes that light bulb moment from Jason being like, well, I had history class and they said women can do anything men can do. So what's up? And then that's mm-hmm. the moment where she's like, damn, you're right. She's also stopping the generational mistake of having the next generation learn the problem from the parent, right? Like she, like Jason, the kid is trying to break that cycle of the ingrained um, ism, right? In this case, yeah. sexism, yeah. Uh, which is really, really cool to see. So the next day we have, Andrea trying to sneak out to go compete in one of the races. Mom discovers her and much to Andrea's surprise, mom is like, I got you. Let's go do it. I will support you to the point where like her reading while she's at the race is the rule book for the motocross circuit, which is like, I was, I thought that was such a cool touch that they added where mom's like, not only do I support you in words and action, I'm going to take it a step further and learn about the thing you're trying. So that way I can actively be of help to you. Mm -hmm. Toxic masculinity is so unbelievable to me because here are things that I learn in the next few scenes that are like, not cool. If you're a dude, if if you like your mom that's not cool nobody likes their mom liking your mom makes you a pussy because all of these guys she like mom wants to go watch andy as as andrea is now going by andy Mm -hmm. race and she's like mom you can't come watch me race because no one else's mom will be there to the point where when she and mom are unloading the truck the other racers are like 
bro's got his mom here. Can you believe it? And it's like, oh, cool. Um, I didn't realize that being nice to your mom made you less of a man. Um, the second True. thing that in our current society is still an issue, but less so, um, painting your nails. Painting mm. your nails is only for girls. True. And if you paint your nails, you are probably a girl. So Andrea goes to register and she's got her nails painted and the other writers are like, what's up with that, bro? And she's like, oh, it helps with the friction or the grip or like she makes up some like bullshit reason why she would need her nails painted and they're just like, oh, okay. But you just establish really quickly that like all of these things make you not a man anymore. And it's like, God damn it. The, <laughs> The nail painting scene. Did you ever see John Tucker must die? Do you know of course, that movie? Of course. Yeah. It made me the nail painting scene, and they will pay this off later, which is they was do. fun to they see. Do. The nail painting scene made me immediately think of that scene where they get John Tucker to wear the thong, and he's yep. like, "I get such good air." And the next thing you see is like every guy on the team with his thong out of his basketball shorts, and I was like, "Oh, this is." Yeah, uh, when I, you have influence, I know what's about to happen. Because, because, uh, yeah, Andy gets caught where with nail polish, and she's like, "Yeah, it helps with the vibration on the handlebar." And I was like, "If they pull up and everybody's got nail polish on later oh, in this yeah. movie, I will like this." And that is what happened. Yeah, no spoilers, but fun behind the scenes. I went on a date to see John Tucker must die with a guy that told me why every joke was funny. Speaking of toxic. Oh, good. After every yes. joke, he wow. would explain it to me. And nice. I said, after like the third time I said, you know what? I get it. That's why I'm laughing. Yeah. Hilarious. God, yeah. I, Thank I, you though. Thank I, you for yeah. explaining it to me. I didn't get it before. I'm just laughing. Thongs are for women. And right. so it's right. funny. He's wearing one. <laughs> I get it now. Thank Jeez, you. Yeah. Please. Uh, what also sort of happens at the trailer is mom is redoing her nails and girls who are at this event come up and ask, or specifically one girl at first comes up to the mom is like, hi, can you help me fix my nail? I just broke it. After the race, there is a, uh, a whole host of girls waiting to have their nails done because of what they have seen Andy's mom do. And every other racer takes notice of all of the girls huddling around the Carson racing trailer. And they're like, the new guy who came in, by the way, uh, Andy came in last in their first race. And also this is indicative of her, her entire first event is not performing well. But again, I think that's to be expected. You're in a new environment in a pro circuit. That's very big disconnect. Makes sense. But everybody else is sort of saying, well, they didn't even perform that well. And look at all the girls that are at the trailer. It must have some sort of weird juju, which leads to the establishment of a relationship between Dean who wins the circuit, wins that first series of races, and Andy. Uh, I actually said this out loud when Dean hit the screen. I was like, Dean's a goober, but I really hope he's likable. Like, I hope mm -hmm. he's one of those likable goobers who, um, he's kind of like the nail out of, the, who sticks out of the board a little bit. Like, you know that they're, they're mm -hmm. established into sort of the, the ecosystem, but they stick out just enough to be able to like be extracted and be different. And I was like, please be that guy. What um, I thought was funny about the scene is exactly what Molly was talking about earlier, which is none of those girls are there because of Andy. Yep. They're all there because mom helped them with their nails. And so on the first hand is like, you know, bro, bro brought his mom. And then all of those girls are there because of mom. It's like, you dumbasses. Like, 
<laughs> so stupid. And they Absolute all attribute Absolute idiots. Yeah, they all... It's typical of teenage men. And then so, they're like, well, it must be Andy. It's gotta be Andy, Andy bro. Yeah, there's no possible something. way it could be mom. Yeah. We gotta talk to Ale. So we need... We, that's what Dean begins to say out loud. He fumbles his interaction with Fern Henderson, the daughter of Art Henderson, who owns Henderson Motors, which is like people want a sponsorship with Henderson Motors. Um, and Dean kind of comes over to Andy as the race day is done and is like, hey, I will help you if you can tell me how you interact with girls. Mm. Like I will talk to, like I will teach you the whole thing but you got to tell me like how, how do you have so many girls around you and how do you talk to girls? And at first Andy blows him off. I like, I like the other way they establish that Andy is good with girls is that Andy runs into Fern and knows her perfume. Yeah. And like that, Oh, you know that that was, what was it? It was like Tommy girl. That's right. But Andy, Andy walks by and is like Tommy girl. And that's like, oh, damn, he's good with the ladies. He knows the perfume. But what she does quickly to recover from like knowing it being like knowing it is going. My sister wears it, but it smells much better on you. Slick. That was a good line. (laughs) Okay, that's a good line. (laughs) You know what I thought was going to happen? I'm glad it didn't because it would have detracted from the main plot and too many times decoms have too many plots as we've established. True, that's true. I thought that Fern was going to ultimately fall for Andy and then that was going to cause friction between Dean and mm. Andy. Like mm. I thought Fern was going to be like, I don't want to go out with Dean. I want to go out with you and then like try to plant a kiss on her but him mm-hmm. and then Dean was gonna like walk up right at that moment and then Andy would have to and he'd be like I thought you were my friend like I thought they were gonna have that yeah, yeah, thing yeah, yeah. glad it didn't happen but that's very glad that didn't happen uh, yeah we well, still we, get the love triangle just in a different just very way. different yeah. love triangle yeah. well Dean's dreamy okay well, yeah. so dreamy so dreamy he's dreamy uh, we end up getting the exchange of goods and services between Andy and Dean, where they exchange lady tips for writing tricks. Like that is that is the Ooh, exchange. That's nice. Some nice little wordplay yeah, you had there. Nice. And I, I I took note of one line where Dean tells Andy like he he is introducing the 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 trade, and they walk out of the trailer. And Dean's like, bro, 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 I, I need your help. And Andy's like, oh, yeah, you're into Fern, huh? And he's like, is it that obvious? And Andy says, dude, you were toast. You were jelly in there, to which I really wanted the line to be like, dude, you're bricked up. I can see it through your <laughs> racing pants. <laughs> <laughs> you're your dumb racing pants. Yo, six to midnight, dude. Put it away. <laughs> dude, you are bobbing a tit in public. Like, <laughs> we, th- There is a rule for that, and it's called the waistband tuck, man. Like, That's right, your- bro. Even I know that. I'm not a dude. Like, <laughs> I've got a twin brother who tells me this. Oh, also, God. at some point, we needed an erection joke in this movie somewhere <laughs> because Andy, you know. Yeah. So we have mom give her support to Andy. They are going to come back and continue racing, which gives Andy the ability to actually say yes to the exchange of goods and services with Dean. And we cut to Dean taking Andy on a on a ride across multiple terrain. Now, now First, Dean explains. Wait, I gotta say yeah. something. First, mom says. I gave up on my dreams, so I want you to follow yours because I promised myself that I would never let this happen to my kids. Her dream was to be a singer, and then 
as she's explained this, I go, oh, okay, how deep is the sexism rooted? And she goes, I was in a band and I wanted to be a singer. And then your grandmother found out. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. It was the grandmother. And then one line later, she goes, she told me if I quit the band, she would never tell your grandfather and I wouldn't get in trouble. And I said, there it is. There it mm-hmm. is. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and generational then, trauma. Generational trauma. Generational sexism. Um, and then she says like, you know, I, I gave up right then, but it all worked out because I found the man of my dreams and then I had three wonderful Ugh. kids and all. I just was like, Jesus Christ, how is this the man of your dreams? He's such a piece of shit. Um, but anyway, we get that little moment with mom of like, she's going to make sure Andy gets to pursue her dream because she gave up hers. Very, very good. So we love to see it. And this starts the sort of exchange where we have, and it literally went back to back. We have a training montage with Dean and Andy, then a scene, and we can, we can talk about these a little bit more individually, but it literally follows the sandwich method. Training montage, Andy attempts to learn more about Fern. Training montage, Andy attempts to help Dean set up, get set up with uh, Fern, right? Like that, it follows that pretty well to, to sort of keep this, uh, and I hesitate, to say, I hesitate to say it's fully a montage, but this act is very well done. When I sort of think about the acts that we've seen play out in DCOMs, I like this one the most because it knows what it's doing. It's got A to, you have a beginning and an end and it gets you there pretty damn efficiently. So the first scene is Dean training with Andy in like this multiple environment. The ground is doing different things. Effectively, he's like, you've got to learn how to race on multiple environments. Let's go do the thing. And they end up at the top of the mountain at a lake. And then it's a bro swim party. I, I got to talk about this scene. I got to talk about this scene for so many reasons. First of all, he says, take your shirt off. Let's go swimming. And then he goes, don't be such a girl, which gross. But I got to say, and I'm going to use a word that people are going to think I'm being offensive. I'm not being offensive. I mean this very literally. This scene is so gay. This is gay frolicking in the water. He thinks this is a dude and they are frolicking in the water together, splashing each other, laughing, tackling each other. And the fragility of toxic masculinity is so bonkers to me. The fact that painting your nails makes you less of a man, but frolicking in the water, giggling and laughing in this like weird homoerotic thing is fine like it makes no sense at all it is brink and val just kiss already again because Mm -hmm. it is like the lines of what is manly and what isn't is it it literally makes no sense this is like abercrombie and fitch and all the shirtless men playing in the water together for their ads and every chad being like bro that's cool as hell. And then going to buy Abercrombie and Fitch. And it's like, oh my God, do you, oh my God. The irony of all of it is just so unbelievable to me. It is very homoerotic. Yeah. I, I, I thought the same. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then they go later, like two scenes later, he says, I'm going to take you, I'm to you quote Dean, yeah. tomorrow I'm going to work you till you can't get out of bed. Mm. That's what he said. That is so yes. gay. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, it it, is. it's 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 a lot of like that pick a lane situation and it's weird dichot and it's good that you're feeling that discordance I think as an audience member because it's like it's trying to establish like there's really no basis to this other is, than stereotyping. I know we see it. I don't know that like I think this is the problem. I don't think most people watch that and think like oh, it's interesting that painting nails makes you like 
painting your nails or liking your mom makes you a pussy, but like frolicking in the water with your bro, it's like totally normal. I think people think that's normal. And I'm just like, what? <laughs> yeah. I, th- I mean, I, I 100% agree. I thought that this scene was funny because it was like, bro, I know you know how to ride, but you don't know how to ride. And it was like, we need to be a soul skater. <laughs> like this was the- Andy Brisley yeah. goes back. I, I think that you're absolutely, on a lot of levels, Molly, I think that there's a, this scene is the brink parallel of this film of like, this is where it's like, we want to, you need to get in touch with riding. You need to be ready for anything. You got to get out in nature and really ride, not just be on the track. Like it was, there's a lot of like Brink theme in, in this. And then you get the like Brink Val, like homoeroticism yeah. piece. We also have, so after the scene happens, we have the obligatory now Andy has to go learn something about Fern and report it back to Dean. So what he learned, what, what she learns is that Fern is by her approximation, pretty superficial, kind of wants somebody who's a little bit more materialistic, who can meet her material needs. And she takes that back to Dean and Dean's response is I can be that guy, right? That's his, his go-to thing. And he keeps pleading with Andy to get more information keeps pleading to like help do the thing. And, and he's like, I don't know, like you don't, you don't have to be, you don't have to change for this person. And Dean sort of lets it go. And Andy replies like, are you, are you still going to help me? Are you still going to help teach me how to ride to which Dean? And I thought this was great. is like, I promised you that I'd help you. I'm still going to help you. And Andy jumps across and gives Dean a big hug, sort of knocking him out from view from behind the trailer. And this is when you get uh, the Anderson sort of response of like, that dude is weird. He's hugging people. He might as well say, is that kid gay? Like the way he responds to like Andy hugging Dean and he's like watching and he says something like first the nail polish, you know, like there's something weird about this kid. And it's like, you might as well just like say something homophobic because Mm -hmm. that's what this is. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's just, and, and then I had a thought. Okay. And we don't have to get into this too much, but like, what do you think is the worst answer to that guy? Do you think it would be worse to a person like that to, to know Andy is a woman or to know Andy is gay? I mean, it's all the same. Like what I was just thinking in this moment was that like, ultimately, I think a lot of what you're referencing there in terms of the like deep rooted homophobia is the idea that while you were showing effeminate qualities, which are less than. And so the worst thing that a guy could be is more like a woman. Mm -hmm. And that means that if you were being effeminate, I mean, and we're going to get a lot of this, right? Like we're, I, I want to talk about another piece that I really wish was a little bit different in just a bit, but it's all stereotypically, uh, effeminate behavior is often associated with homosexual people. It was, it's just wild to see, I think to your point, Max, that I don't think you win regardless of what that answer is. Yeah. I think it's, I think that like that person is going to be prejudiced. Like they're, 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 their preconceived notions and the deep rooted feelings that they have that are in, inherently, I mean, bad, like, Regardless of if, if they're like, Andy's a girl or Andy's gay, like it would be, you're, you're taking like that person is still going to just dislike you even more. Like you, you're just mm-hmm. going to lose regardless. And that's, that's what's sad really is like that. And that, 
That character doesn't get a lot of screen time or beats. Thank God we've got enough of Andrea's father to deal with. Yeah. But like, this is just another situation of like that planted character in a space that normalizes the behavior that shouldn't be normalized. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is, I think is just, which is a problem. But thankfully though, Dean's pretty, like, this is why I like Dean. I'm going to pause and come back here. Dean acknowledges the traits and qualities of where he's engaged. He acknowledges these, like, if you do this, Andy, or I'm going to call out this thing you're doing, Andy, and people aren't going to like you for it. But Dean still hangs out with and likes Andy. He's like, I'm telling you this, but I'm not going to display the same traits and qualities. I'm going to be your friend. And I was like, that's like, I, that was really refreshing to see. Like he's, he's just, he's sort of acting as this obstinate counterpoint to like the world he's lived in. All signs would point to him behaving the same way. And he is choosing not to, which is cool. Now, granted, it might be for selfish reasons at the start, but it does become, I think of more friendship down the road. I'll comment on this further in a second. I, I don't know that I agree. I don't, I don't. I think he is acting the same way. There's just something in it for him. And so I, I, but I have more thoughts on that in a future manifestation of this. Right. Okay. That's fair. That's right. I think, I think initially I would agree with you. I'm, I, maybe I'm being naive and hopeful that the relationship shifts. I mean, he's, I, I think it does shift. I think he's clearly a good character, but I, um, he's definitely a much more likable character than Mr. Henderson. He's not overtly <laughs> the worst, uh, the worst, but Anyway, he is he is a product of his environment mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he also continues say I mean the fact that you won't hug the guy is yeah. not him being different. He's he's absolutely being the same. Right. We have Andy racing better. She's gotten her training. She races better. She comes in seventh. She places in the top eight, has a conversation with her brother about it back home within in the hotel room. And this is when Andy gets an idea. Andy's like, hey. Can you send me those in sync tickets to Andrew on the phone? Mm. Can you overnight them? Yeah, sure. And Andrew, Andrew, again, being the supportive brother off screen. Love that relationship. I do like that. Andrew doesn't seem to have a like twinge of jealousy or like Mm -hmm. he, he is a good brother. He's very much like, yo, you got seventh. That's awesome. Like there, there's no like, Oh, it should be me. It's very supportive. I mean, you've got to have some buoy of positivity when you've all when so many of the male figures in this movie are just the sexist bad trope. Like it's it's good to have that. Like the the brothers are a really good bastion of that. Positivity. It's a wonder the brothers are like that growing up mm-hmm. with the dad. True. Oh God. True. We talk about like breaking the cycle, Max. Like we do have Dean a product of his environment. You'd expect that the brothers might be, but they are. They they truly stand out as the stars of people who aren't. Andrew overnights the instinct tickets to Andy, as requested. We see Mom has made herself a Carson racing jacket. Now she's representing uh, Andrea, which I think is a really like nice bonding moment. But that continues to happen between mom and daughter. You know, women empowering women. Love that. And Andy calls out to Dean is like, Hey, I've got an idea to get you on a date with Fern. Follow me. I I love this. Like (laughs) this like harebrained scheme. that's just in the middle of this movie. Like (laughs) this whole movie's going on. And then it's like, and so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to make a fake phone call. It's like, you're going to put on leather pants. (laughs) You're going to be Ross Geller. Crazy. (laughs) 
It's a paste. It's you're going to put on a paste. You're going to put on a mock concert. You're going to put on a mock turtleneck and leather pants. Oh my god. The leather so pants like kind of makes sense for an insane concert, but it's the it's paired with the black turtleneck. That's like, what? Are you going to a poetry reading? It's like a, a slam poetry reading. Slam I mean, poetry. He, he needs his uh, like. Yeah. What are those hats called? Um, a Kegel cap, cap. A keg, like a Kegel cap, like Samuel yeah, Jackson yeah, yeah, wears all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I love better. that. There's just this like five minute harebrained scheme, and it doesn't really have any setup. We see all the setup happens off screen, but in the middle of this crazy like sexism trope there's like all right so i put in a fake call to the dad she's gonna meet us right here i've already gotten the tickets overnighted to myself for my brother i'm gonna you know like it's it's like we're right. gonna act like you're trying to convince me to go to this concert but actually i don't want to go to the concert at all like it's so funny that it's just randomly in the middle of this movie like, why is the italian job happening in the middle of motocross like i don't I understand love i love it <laughs> it's, so, it's good. so random and i love oh. it i gotta say i'm a little sad that she doesn't get to go to the concert because fifth row is same sink. Like, that's got a yeah. crush. Yeah, that, that would be a great seed. But it's great for establishing, because we saw how excited she was earlier, it's great for establishing how much she's willing to sacrifice um, to, like, help Dean be happy. Like, that's Well, even that's Mom what calls it out for. as, like, yeah. you know, you got it bad. Like, it's very obvious that she has this huge crush on him, but also obvious that... And he's an incredible wingman. Can't do anything about it. And mm -hmm. she is a hell of a wingman. She is. Next, after this, again, back-to-back -back scenes, really, really good job. Training, Fern interaction, training, Fern interaction. Now back to the race. Andy takes third for the day. Yeah. And that's sort of like this climactic series of races where Andy performs very, very well and takes third overall for the day. And in the moment, the peak, the pinnacle of her happiness, who the fuck should show back up but dad? Mm. Sitting there, but... looking all consternated, and constipated and just generally unpleasant and grim and i got a huge red flag here well obviously dad is a walking red flag but like one of the red flags that i got from this scene actually had to do with mom because mom very clearly felt like she was in trouble with dad mm. and i that is such a red flag in a romantic partnership relationship like you shouldn't be able to get in trouble with your significant other mm -hmm. like and what are they your parent like what the fuck yeah, they walk up. He basically is like, I don't want to hear it to the wife. And I was like, I would, this is where in my version of the script, she leaves um, and never comes back. Yeah, I think we're going to get to that scene you were hinting at, Max, because obviously dad is like, we'll talk about this at home, pack it up. And so Andrea is like very emotional and kind of, she's not crying, crying, but her she's got teary eyes and she's like sniffling. And then that's when Dean comes up to thank her for the instinct tickets. Yeah. That entire interaction is, is it's very short, but Dean clearly notices Andy is upset, asks about it a couple of times and then just sort of like lets it, lets it go. He doesn't let it go. He, he says, let go. don't let people see you crying. Yeah. Oh, Whatever's yeah. bothering you, you better suck it up. Dudes don't have emotions is basically what he yeah. says. Mm -hmm. And this is where... This is where the, the one moment where I wish this movie was different because I think that obviously this movie is about female empowerment and obviously this movie is about, you know, showing this like strong female lead that is able to compete, that is able to win things. But this movie could also be a force for good in 
in the expectations and what is stigmatized for for boys as well and instead it doesn't do that right like i wish that in this moment he was like bro it's okay it's okay for you to feel whatever it is you're feeling it's it's fine fuck those guys like it, it i wish that this guy who is an established champion who performs well who's been the like teacher of motorbike racing instead in this moment said to andy bro it's it's fine you're chill i don't care that those fuckers are giving you shit about it let them laugh like you're allowed to feel whatever you're allowed to feel because while she is empowered it also continues the stereotype that men aren't allowed to feel emotion it doesn't ever say men are allowed to feel emotion and so it's fine that you're feeling this. It's saying dudes aren't allowed to feel emotion, but we know she's a woman. And so it, it just continues the divide. And I think that like, especially in the early 2000s, that, that's a problem. It's a problem that this movie doesn't say the issue is that men aren't allowed to feel emotions and men are allowed to feel emotions. Like it, it I, I so badly hungered for that moment for him to be better and for him to say it's not that you're a girl and i don't know and there's dramatic irony here it's that the problem is that dudes are allowed to feel emotion and you let it out dude like yeah feel what you're feeling it also would have helped to your point because i agree like that's a, a small change that has a big impact it also gives weight to the end of this film that we'll talk about later and what he's grappling with like mm-hmm. dean giving permission to andy in that moment helps dean and it helps dean process and get to the conclusion that he eventually gets to at the end of the film right like him him allowing emotion and actually like verbalizing that would have helped his growth and like helped tie that together a little bit better i think yeah. um but it's a good point and it's a good call out you know who hasn't changed though? Fucking dad. So they go back home and dad is berating Andrea. And a f- this is the message that actually made me very upset. Um, not the, not like the same gaslighting, all that stuff. It's at the end of it when the narcissism really came in. He's like, because if anybody ever finds out that you raced, I would be the laughing stock. Bro, it's not fucking about you, dude. Mm-hmm. Like this is about your kid doing something that one they're passionate about but two the reason that they're doing it not only is it because they're passionate because they're feeling an immense amount of guilt that you put on them and that they feel pressured to execute and there's no other way and like by the way you weren't there for the solution because you like you were out trying to figure out like do your own thing that you didn't consult with anybody about that made no fucking sense that cost a lot of money if everything's failing why would you take a trip around europe like what that's true what are you doing bro so like that was what like that was when i was like i think you've done a really good job movie of establishing this guy as a character that should not be redeemed like let them ride out into the sunset as a very well-crafted one-dimensional villain because that was the nail in the coffin for me as a viewer well in in that scene too he once again gaslights her and says i didn't want you to race because i didn't want you to get hurt like your brother bullshit absolute bullshit like he would have said that at the beginning of the movie when she suggested racing but he did it he said you can't race because you're a woman take this seriously like the fact that he gets home and says oh i i didn't want you to race because i'm a lovable father and i was so hard to watch your brother get hurt i would hate to watch you get hurt too fuck off guy like you are saying whatever you need to say to make yourself feel better about being a piece of shit 
There is one thing he says that I, I think that if they had explored it more, could have been a motivation. Obviously, he is a one-dimensional sexist character. There's one point of his argument that I think could have been interesting to explore and would have had nuance, mm -hmm. which is where he says, we're going to lose all the points you got because you're not your brother. And I thought that that was potentially interesting had they like explored that space where it's not about the like, obviously the, the story here is like uh, rooted in sexism and, and female empowerment. But, but I thought the point of like, if they find out you're not your brother, none of this stuff matters anyway. Like I actually thought that had nuance. And if he wasn't such a cartoon, could have been an interesting like place to, to lean in because like, yeah, so far everybody thinks you're your brother, but if they find out you're not, like it's all for naught and the business is ruined, right? Whereas if we would have started with a different racer, we're not like, the, the lie is now the issue, not right. your gender identity, right? Like, and that, that I think is like, ooh, that, that could have been an interesting nuanced piece to hit on, right? But instead it's just your and cartoon. They yeah. kind of end that, they kind of like come back around to that. At they the they do come around to it at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what's so, because I, I agree, like that is a better point. The problem is, is the dad is using it as a list of reasons to veil his intentions. Mm -hmm. Like it is not used as an actual core reason. It's being used as like one of his straw mans that he's like trying to stand up to support his own like, yeah. skewed view of the world what yeah. what happens next to is they're in the kitchen and dad's like mur, 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 being being a grumpy man and the mom says don't you think it's a bit hypocritical that you want andy to ride andrew to ride but not andrea and i thought that's a weird way to pronounce sexist <laughs> um because then he talks to True. the to Jason who and he says, Jason, do you think I'm hypocritical? And I said, I thought again, that's not how you pronounce sexist. But they are trying to say that that's hypocritical. But I'm like, just say it. Just say he's being sexist. Maybe you can't say sexist on the decom in, two, in a decom in 2001. But like, it's a bigger problem than being hypocritical. It's yeah. also a red flag that your father is reaching out to his youngest child for support. Like yeah. if you're having to reach out to your youngest child to make you feel better, you're very much in the wrong there, Edward. Like it's I didn't even not know cool. his name. I didn't either. Is it Edward? His name is Edward. Mom's Geneva. <clears throat> She's cool, but that's true. I thought it was, I did think the, 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 the like kid, Jason, not knowing what hypocritical meant. Was that it was, like, yeah, like that eh, was an okay bit. That that's where I got Spider Man, by the way. Like that's where I was like, that's the Tom Holland. Be like, if it's bad, no. If it's good, sure. And like just believe, because like that that's such like a level of innocence and naivety to it. Sure. Yeah, where it's yeah, like yeah. it reinforces how like the badness of what's occurring around him. Yeah. And then we meet Renee. Mr. Cartier. Mr. Cartier. Mr. Cartier. He is the racer that dad edward has found in france and brought back to the states he right off the bat like they don't again one dimensional they don't do any they don't pull any punches with these characters renee skeezy he's like, just from the, the french version of the dad he's yeah, just like dad, a, dad found someone just like himself yeah he's just like a sexist piece of shit but he's french and rides the motorcycle instead of being the dad and yelling at his kids like he's he's the same yeah. and there's it's established too, and we don't have to go into each of these scenes because all it does is it establishes renee as a piece of shit no what we need to establish is the fact that dad is perfectly happy to allow a grown-ass 
ass man sleep in his daughter's bedroom. That's disgusting. I don't even care that she's probably not sleeping in there. I freaking hope not. But the fact that he just lets this grown ass man walk into his 15 year old daughter's room with all of her personal items and her photos and everything else and just lay on her bed with his fucking shoes on and read her magazines. And she's rightfully like, Hey, what the hell? And dad goes, he's, he's far away from home. Be nice to him. And it's like, this man has skeeved out both your wife and your daughter by being unnecessarily affectionate with them. And I understand there's different levels of affection in different cultures, but the fact that both your wife and your daughter are uncomfortable to the point where Andrew says, if that man kisses me one more time, uh, there's going to be like a WWE SmackDown. Like you are the worst father on the planet. Like you are now not only just a misogynistic piece of shit, you are now actively putting an adult man stranger in your home, in your daughter's bedroom and defending that fucking man. Like I cannot believe that this guy does not get written out of the script at the end. Like he's he's leveled up in his piece of shittery. They just like, keep doubling down. And and Renee is so bad that I m- said that dad metaphorically told Andrea to get back in the kitchen earlier. Renee says it. Renee literally sees Andrea doing some dishes and says, "Oh good, you're finally where you belong." Like this is the man that you want around your kids. Great. I'm so glad you brought up the WWF SmackDown one because when that got delivered, I thought, speaking of decoms that I would like to see, I would like to see the <laughs> sports decom where the kid wants to become a WWF wrestler. Yes. Because imagine the stories we could tell. <laughs> Can you I was like, smell it? Wait, I actually- How good would it have been if they were setting up a future decom in this moment of like, <laughs> I'm going to beat the shit out of you with a chair. This is my new decom storyline. <laughs> when did it become <laughs> E from F? I don't remember the year, but you know why was yeah. because of the pandas. Yeah, but I think she said WWF, actually. She said F. Yeah, yeah. yeah she- and I kind of laughed because I was like, oh, that's. Yeah. Like through my anger, I kind of snickered a little bit because that yeah. was like, oh, it was dated itself. Yeah. All I thought in that moment, and it was because of what you said at the beginning of this movie, Molly is like, I was like, man, a dirt bike decom. This is c- kind of fucking random that we're having this sport. <laughs> and so I had that like weird random sport thing on my head. And obviously the WWF is huge and, and a yeah. math, massive thing, but as soon as she said it, I was like, how fucking funny would it be if like in the height of this, like the rock at like, <laughs> like that, that if there was a, a decom or yes. these kids are like, get, get the chair. And then the fucking rock comes out and like they deliver some like, oh my God, it would be the funniest decom I'd ever seen. Missed like, opportunity. Uh, missed a opportunity. Real, a real missed opportunity to not have some decom actor be put through a table. Like I am <laughs> so Renee. disappointed. <laughs> like but um yeah, y'all y'all did great talking about Renee. I think you encapsulate everything. I think that this is where I think that they wrote that they, they the writers wrote themselves into a hard place because when Renee gets introduced, I was like, why is this character here? Like, because it's Renee is now the villain, I guess, but we already have a villain. Like Mm -hmm. this, Renee's introduction is seemingly them trying 
to have somebody that we could possibly hate more than dad so that when dad finally fires him, that's his redemption moment, right? Like rather than, rather than writing dad better and then like trying to redeem dad at the end, which I think is a normal arc, right? Like parent is against the thing you're doing a la Johnny Tsunami, Rip Girls, that kind of thing. Right. And then ultimately they like come across and become your supporter a la Johnny Tsunami, I'm going to go to your race, right? And redeem him. The way they try to redeem dad is they give a worse villain who quite literally, to your point, Molly says, stay in the kitchen so that dad can fire that villain eventually. And maybe, maybe if Renee is so bad, you'll like like dad more because he kicked Renee out. It's such a weird approach rather than just keeping the villain is to like introduce a new villain in the last act to save your first villain. It's kind of like you have a headache all day, Mm -hmm. a horrible migraine, Mm -hmm. but then you also, your stomach gets really upset. Now you're nauseous and you have a migraine and then the nausea goes away and you're like, well, I guess this headache isn't so bad. That's right. what they're saying. They're saying yeah, like, totally. this is still a bad thing, but maybe you like it a little more now because you don't have the other thing too. But as an adult, as a 34 year old woman, I just saw Renee as another reason dad's a problem. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll propose an addendum to your script is that maybe dad and Renee leave and found their own racing company called the sex of shit bags and they fail always because Renee runs the other writers off the track in illegal fashions. Yeah. With that, yeah. Oh yeah. We did this episode. That's what Renee is known for. That's why he's currently available and is because dad, he literally was doing illegal shit in races. And I love how the dad's like, give him a chance. Like give a woman a chance. No way. Give this like proven piece of shit. Who's known for cheating. Let's, let's hear him out. Cause isn't that not the truth? Can white men not do whatever the fuck they want and get infinite chances. And the woman just wants one tiny fucking chance. But like, no thanks. But this piece of shit, Eh, he doesn't seem so bad. Let's try it again. Boys will be boys. I I did wonder if the, again, having not seen it, I didn't know who the fuck Renee was. But when he first comes in and he introduces himself, the brothers are like, Cartier, I know that name somewhere. And I didn't know if that was going to come back up or if they were just making a weird watch joke in that moment. I was like, <laughs> are they just like, are they just like, I've heard of that very expensive like watch before. It might as well be like okay. Renee Chanel. And they're like, yeah, I know. Mm. It's like, that name is familiar. The like, guy's mm. name is Louis Vuitton. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the full thing. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> Like they do eventually. Yeah. They find out like, Oh, I knew that name because he has a bad reputation, but have not knowing. I was like, was that just like a weird Cartier watch reference? They just made in this movie. Like, um, I, I really didn't know, but they didn't, they don't make you wait long for the brother to be like, no, I knew his name because he got thrown out for being a dick or whatever. But mm-hmm. They also have like a training montage where Renee doesn't listen to the brothers about how to like ride the dirt bike and da 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 da. da. So effectively, like we're they are in a very short period of trying trying to make Renee worse than Dad, and all they're doing is serving to elevate them both in badness, and they're both just terrible. And we cut back to the racing where Renee races and wins by illegally kicking somebody off their bike off the course, and even the announcer says it. 
The announcer says out loud, there's Renee doing his, he's, he's racking up his bodies. Da, 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 da. And I was like, that's God. fucking illegal. Like, why are you announcing it as if it's like a Tuesday? Like, this is not good. <laughs> what? So Renee wins the race. And even in the interviews, like, we're not talking about the past. We are talking about all this happening today and present. And that is me. And I am the best. And da, 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 da. I hate Renee. You should. We also get this moment where Andy's there. Andrew's there now. And Dean is walking up with oh, yeah. hand in this hand with Fern. And Andy and Andrew are there. And Andrew is like, oh, shit, you got to be me pretending to be you. Like, so she throws a helmet on him real quick and some glasses. And she's fully Andrea. She's got makeup on. She's like being a girl. And, um, Dean comes up and he's like, Hey man, how you been? Like, Oh, sorry about your knee, whatever. Like, and he's like, Oh yeah. Old injury flaring up. Like, that's why this new guy's riding for us, whatever. And then he's like, Hey, this is my sister. And I thought, how fucking dumb is Dean? Like oh he's guys. been hanging out with this he's cut dumb. human being for like weeks, like intimately, like they have been hanging out without helmets. Like they I have been close friends and he's just like oh hey it's nice to meet you and I'm like dude all she has is lip gloss and mascara on and you can't recognize this as the same person that you hung out with for weeks yeah they they, he he gives the pause like you look familiar oh we're twins you know like they 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 try to like sell it off yeah I agree it's I, I just hope he wasn't that stupid when he played Johnny in the film radio Oh, you know what no. I mean? We're here. This, uh, this is how we're getting here? Yeah, okay. we're, we're going through Dean. Right. Yeah, Riley Smith, who plays Dean, also played Johnny in the film Radio. Good movie. Where he was coached by Coach Jones, played by Ed Harris. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy Ed Harris uh, as Luke Harrison in Stepmom, a heart-wrenching film in which Julia Roberts plays Isabel Kelly, the stepmom to Ed Harris's children that he has with Susan Sarandon. It's an amazing movie. Side note, once I watched it and Titanic on the same night with my friends, and I thought, couldn't get any groomer. There were a lot of tears that night. Anyway, Julia Roberts has had many iconic roles. One of my favorites is Tess Ocean in the Ocean oh, series. Yes, we're yes. going through Oceans. We love yeah. an Ocean movie. And uh, second one in that series is called Oceans 12. Sure is. Yeah, where that's a Bruce movie. Bruce Willis makes a brief cameo. And I had to give a shout out to Bruce Willis, Harry Stamper in Armageddon, because he is the goat of Armageddon. And this week, there was some pretty sad news came out that Mm -hmm. Bruce Willis, uh, very young, has dementia. So I just wanted to shout out some love for Bruce Willis since we make this joke every week and and give some love to him and his family. But alongside Bruce in Armageddon, a, a hit role. The Graps Nurse. Graps Nurse. Do you remember? Do you remember her? She was the great. Graps Nurse. Yeah, her name. The character was Grap, and she was the nurse. For her, Grapp. her name was Grap. No, another character's name Grap. She's their nurse. That's how she's credited in this role. Possessive. Graps. Graps apostrophe nurse. 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 Yeah. Thank yeah. You. Uh, obviously, yeah. I remember Graps Nurse. I yeah. Mean, yeah. 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 Why? When you why? say it like fit. that, that I don't know. I don't yeah. know why you're so confused, Alan. Yeah. It's a major pivotal role in the movie. It's yeah. possessive nouns throw me off. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah it is. Yeah. Uh, but the. Grapp's nurse is played by Judith Drake, who, Alan, you may not have remembered her in that role, but you certainly remember her as Connie Cabbage in Parks and Recreation. 
during oh the uh, Farmer's God. Market episode, one of my favorite episodes. Uh, also starring in Parks and Recreation, all in a role almost as big as Connie Cabbage in that one episode. His name's Cabbage. And Perkins. Rashida Jones, she's Leslie Knope's best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rashida Jones also played Louisa Ten in a show called Boston Public. It was about mm-hmm. public uh, school. She played one of the teachers, I believe. Um, in Boston Public, Elena Austin guest starred in an episode oh. as Jen Kenny, but we know her better as our heroine of today's film, Andrea Carson. Nice. You've been armageddon the part of the show where Molly, by no one's urging, has found yet another way this decom can be tied to the smash hit Armageddon. Don't tell her to stop because she won't. Well done. That was efficient. That was an efficient one. It's yeah, that was a quick one. I didn't even look at the dad. The dad has probably been in a lot of movies because he looked familiar, but I literally was like, fuck that guy. I refuse yeah, to acknowledge him in yeah. Armageddon. He does not deserve to be Armageddon. No. But you do, listener. Yeah. You're welcome. So Dean has this weird interaction with both Andrew and Andrea, leaves with Fern uh, in tow. Then we have this interesting sequence of events where Renee tries to get close to Art Henderson, is seen coming out of Art Henderson's trailer. Andrea confronts Renee. Renee is true to form, an asshole about it and then dad also true to form defends renee the man who insulted your company edward out loud within your earshot you defend him over your daughter really just doubling and tripling down here yeah he says like he comes up to Andy and Renee fighting and he's like what's going on here and Andy's like he was talking to the Hendersons he was showing them around the trailer and I know for a fact he doesn't just do that for to be like nice and Renee goes he was showing me what a real professional company looks like and mm-hmm. I was like whoa that's rude so the yeah. dad's natural reaction is to say Andy go apologize to him you riled natural. him up yeah you riled yeah. him up he go and he can't be riled up for the next race Ugh, I hate that. It was at this point where I said aloud, somebody please confront this man. Somebody please confront dad. He needs to be confronted. And we get that with mom again, who is the moral center of this entire film and carrying all of the emotional plot weight <laughs> of this movie. As women often do. And comes and's like, hey, f- fucking stop, Ed. Would you not... Like, uh, and this is when they start Ed's redemption arc and I hated it because it's so paltry in comparison to the mountain of his assholery that it, 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 anything that you can do in the last five minutes of this film will be dwarfed by the other 85. Like we have a mountain of evidence of Edward's issues. Like I don't want you to to try to redeem him now. And after... 30 seconds of processing the the confrontation between Edward and his wife. What's Geneva? Mm-hmm. Edward and Geneva. He's like, well, I'm going to go find Andy and say that she doesn't have to apologize now. Bananas. I'm just bananas. Gets to the conversation between Andrea and Renee. Renee lays hands on Andrea and pushes her away. Uh, and that is when dad steps in. At least there's a line. <sighs> Physical Somewhere. assault. 
We had Physical to find assault it. Physical assault is the yeah, line. Yeah, we had to find it. There it is. On a motorbike, fine. True. Off a motorbike, that's the line. I know, most likely only because mom just had that conversation with him. Almost certainly. What did you do? Probably would have been the line had mom not just talked to dad. Right. Yeah. That's. A I told you not ugh. to rile him up. Yeah. Why, what did you do to make him act like that? Why are you wearing that? He wouldn't do oh, this if you weren't wearing right, that. That's right, if you weren't wearing that shirt. That's true. That mm-hmm. skirt you have on is mm-hmm. too short. Jesus. Your fingertips are past its edge. Jesus. I, which I, they were. I, I, yeah. took, I took note of. I wouldn't be allowed to wear that in school. Yeah. Well, I, I think, the yeah, board. they had to be like, she's a, she's a girl now, guys. She's a girl now! She's a girl. We're going to show that she has boobs. We're yeah. going to put mascara on her. She's uh-huh. a girl now. Yeah, so got that, you know, I know you wouldn't be able to tell because she still has that haircut. Because she cut her hair, but no, so, she's, she's, yeah. she's got boobs now, guys. It's fine. Yeah. And dad fires Renee. On the spot. On the, well, a little bit like three instances too late, but. It's true. Dad fires Renee and Renee immediately goes to the Henderson tent as he had always intended and just gets hired by them. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> and this is another thing that threw me for a loop. Andrea apologizes to her dad. Like she's been the problem when she hasn't been. I don't know if he ever apologizes. Oh, he he utters this ridiculous line where he's like, I never thought I would thank women for keeping my motocross yeah, company he afloat. Did say that. Mm. He does say that or something akin to that. I didn't ever think I'd thank you and your mother for I never thought I'd acknowledge that women have any value, but here we are. Silly world we live in. Yeah, sometimes hell does freeze over, am I right? <laughs> His apology is akin to Tiger Woods's, where it's just like, I'm sorry you didn't get the joke. Like, it's like his apology is just so, like... Blase. It's so not the point. Like, it's, it's just... Ugh. Yeah. But that's the whole redemption arc for the dad, and it kills me, because I agree. We've dug this hole too deep to recover the dad in one half-assed conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you need you need another 70 minutes to make me feel even slightly less icky and terrible about trying to want to root for this character. Mm-hmm. And he needs to go live in a motel for a little bit. He <laughs> needs to think about what he's done. <laughs> Get your little studio place. Yeah, man. He needs to go live in some Final shitty apartment ease. and like eat out of a vending machine because his wife has done all the cooking for this whole time. Like he needs to like be punished for his behavior, but he doesn't. So we have Andy now make a reappearance for the for the final race. Gets to the starting block. Everybody's got their nails painted. They sure did. What a good I, I like the I like the come around on that. Was, that that was good. nice. That was good. And well, it's not girly anymore if it helps you win a man sport. That's right. Hmm. And they take off on the race. It is neck and neck. Renee's being a you know shysty uh, rider throughout ultimately gets the final jump Renee beefs it Andy comes over the line she outsmarts him though yeah oh yeah for she, sure because he he comes in to hit her and she pumps the brakes and uh, he goes flying past her give give Andy the, her her due you are correct she she knows Renee is going to go for the aggressive move and outsmarts him yep you she are correct good call out soul bikes 
And that's right. That's right. <laughs> she's a soul, she's soul bike. She's, she's a soul, soul bike. Yeah. Soul she knows. Rider. She senses intuitively when this is going to happen. So yeah. she's, she's yeah. a soul bike. That's part of the powers of a soul biker is you understand when assholery is coming in your general yeah. direction. I mean, if, if Renee's involved, it's always coming in your general direction. So <laughs> what was the lunch movie? That Spidey sense is always going. Lunch that's movie right. is there a. Is it called the? Was it a hockey movie where there's like the Ridson Rack or whatever, and they had? To oh like, yeah, that's genius. Oh, the yeah, Rumson Rack. The Rumson Rack. Yeah. That's, yeah, she knew the Rum, the Renee Rack was coming. And, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we almost had the arena to ourselves. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite. Um, and Andy wins as they're about to come and do this profile on Andy. How does it feel to win? Da 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 da. Renee has to show up and just continue to try to like play out this ploy. He's like effectively trying to unmask Andrea as Andy, not as Andrew, and try to like throw the rule book at her. Art Henderson gets involved. And this is when I'm like, love mom so much. Well, first they unmask Andrea and he's like, I knew that kid was weird. And it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, (laughs) you knew something was wrong with him. And and yeah. Good for you, Art. Like he he, he also doubles down. I saw that kid hugging. I, I knew he had to be a lady. Yeah. He's either a lady or gay. And they're like, yeah. ladies can't race. And mom pops in and is like, nothing in the rule book that I've read cover to cover says that ladies can't race. And then they go, oh, 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 oh. she's not registered. She's Andy. Yeah. Then they come to the name thing and they're like, you registered under the name Andrew. And she's like, actually, she registered under the name Andy, which is the name she goes by. Which is short for Andrea. Yeah. And, and mom saves the day. And, Boom shakalaka. And then, and then they say, hey. I forget the company name. Ferguson? There's a company. The company that's going to sponsor The sponsorship. The The, the company that owns the entire race um, Mm -hmm. organization. The one that they were fighting to get that pro sponsorship for at the beginning. They turn to the kind of assistant guy we've seen multiple times show up, kind of like the bumbling assistant who's always getting called by his boss to go do things. And they're like, hey, are you going to hold up what you said? Does the winner of the circuit really get a full sponsorship now that it's a girl? And they show the assistant and uh, he gets pushed out of the way by his boss, who is a black woman and i could have cried a tear of happiness at this moment and she says you know she sets you up she gasses you up and she's like this this girl lied she uh, she like sneaked she uh wasn't uh, upfront about her identity and we would be crazy not to sign her after a race like that and i was mm-hmm. like women helping women i'm so happy for this i'm so happy for this moment this just hit me she is the emperor from mulan like stole your father's armor impersonated a soldier yeah, it's a, and it's you a, have saved us all right like it's it's that moment but this feels like oh it's so good it's true it gasses you up like that but then then she says she's going to give a sponsorship to the whole family and i didn't like that part because <laughs> no one else in the family deserves a sponsorship except for andrea <laughs> well i think what An- what what andy says to set that up is like and i wish i wish dad wasn't included but yeah. what andrea says is like we, we sort of skipped this brother rebuilt. We've been setting brother up as this master mechanic through mm-hmm. the whole movie. Oh, He's sure. like, I'm going to be the world record holder engine builder. And so like when Renee gets kicked off, he has to like that comes back around. He has to build the engine sure. in world record time. Mom was in the pit. Brother did this thing. And she's like, she's like my like, yeah, I raised but like she's giving do which is a great sign of a good character like she's not taking all the credit she's like but i want to take a little of the credit sure she i, I understand. really take enough 
I understand. But also they basically are like, no, we're going to let the whole, the whole day, you know, fam family, um, be a part of this thing. And like, run the career yeah. and yeah you wish dad wasn't included yeah that's a, that's what i'm saying i want mom i want i want both brothers yeah, to yeah, get yeah, something yeah, yeah. i just dad did not learn a fucking lesson like yeah. not only does he not get kicked out by his wife to go live in a motel he's now got what he wanted at the beginning yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's true do you think that's where the movie's gonna end it doesn't we cut back to the carson family residence they have gotten their sponsorship they just got a letter in from the sponsored company to say hey guess what guys you can now go hire a 250 rider they've got two sort of divisions 125 and 250 and there's a guy outside who wants to be hired and you walk out and it's dean yeah because we did in the moment of the reveal mm-hmm. dean felt betrayed he did uh because she had lied to him she had deceived him he in that moment was in his feels a little bit um and so you don't really know what's going to happen with andy and dean and then in this moment dean comes back and is like hey we're cool i would love to race for you and like they are seemingly fine mm-hmm. but they're seemingly like flirty they're 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 romantic adjacent because we also left out the fact that at one point dean's working on his bike and andrea comes up and she's like knowledgeable about bikes and he finds this Mm. attractive because he'd been dating this fern woman who's like superficial and doesn't care about motorcycles at all and then at one point fern leaves dean for renee for Steve for Renee. And then at one point, Dean comes up to Andrea, who he thinks is Andy again, and is like, yo, is your sister single? So like they're, they hint at the idea that this is going to bud into a romance. Burgeoning romance. And the film ends on a freeze frame of Dean and Andrea racing on a 12 lap race to see if Dean qualifies to be the 250 racer that they hire to the Carson motocross club. And that is how we close motocrossed. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot. So let's talk about how we rate this movie. I had a lot of feelings about this movie, if that wasn't clear. Uh, I do think it held up. I think it held up. It was not a don't look under the bed situation where I was just like, oh, wait, this is terrible. I was actually pretty engaged throughout this movie. I thought it moved well. I thought the character development across most characters was good. I thought it touched on some pretty important issues. And my biggest criticism of this movie is, I think, one we all share in that it's uh, dad needs to be punished for being an absolute prick. And they didn't give us enough time to redeem him and they shouldn't have tried to redeem him. So I still scored it pretty high. I, I really enjoyed watching it. And I think it's an important movie to watch considering a lot of things that go wrong in this movie are still happening to this very day, 20 plus years later. So I'm going to give it a 7.5. Strong. Last week, yeah, I rated Xenon a five, and Molly visibly on camera reacted because she also was rating Xenon a five. This week, Molly rated this film a 7.5, and I also was going to rate this film a 7.5. What? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, we're in sync, the two of us, and not the band. I was about to uh, say, just, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> who are you? Who, who, which instinct character are you? Uh, 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 what if I named a Backstreet Boy character in this film? I'm jo- I'm, uh, I'm I'm Joey Fatone. Um, nice. I yeah, I agree with everything Molly said. I I think this movie was fun. I think it holds up. I think that Andy is a super likable lead, which is often not always the case in DComs. Um, I thought that the 
arc was good. The message was pretty good. Um, I think it does get muddy at the end because of their trying to redeem dad. But otherwise, that and my one thing about, like, I wish that they would sort of speak out against some of the, like, destigmatizing emotions in guys. But um, generally, I think this movie is really strong. And as a first time viewer, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought that I thought they yeah. it was a good decom. I actually gave it a 7.8. I think it's a really good movie with a really strong message. I'm not going to sort of rehash it all. I echoed the same flaws. I think that you need to pick a lane with who your villain is and either like stick to those, you know, stick to that lane or have made a decision earlier. And I also think that if you're going to do a retelling of a Shakespearean <laughs> sort of like setting and, and story, this is actually a pretty darn good one. I think it, it was, um, it is, it is nice to see like this message of like sexism being spoken out against in a decom, especially for like in this year to this audience demographic. I think that's very, very good. So 7.8 for me. I have two reviews that I'd like to read. Oh my, mm. I don't know if I can handle hearing a review that, that says that this movie is bad. One is I very, just, very kind. And we'll lead with that. And the other is just somebody who is not like uh, even on the same boat. Like they, they, they're watching a different movie. Okay. I can just imagine somebody being like, I hate women and therefore I hate this movie, which is just like women can't race. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you on IMDb. It is generally and largely very positive. Uh, In fact, this movie that this review I'm going to read is called motocross better than you think it's an eight out of 10. So I'll read this one first. It is. I first saw this movie when my then 12 year old daughter wanted a dirt bike of her own. After seeing me race bikes, win and win trophies, she figured she could do the same. And I blew the poor kid off for so long, and then she had her older brother tape this movie. When I sat down and watched it with her, I was in tears, realizing how much it meant to her to be a racer, and I was proud of her commitment to her cause. The movie at first put me off a bit, since as a participant, I could see through the holes of some of the track scenes, but I watched it a second time and was impressed with the movie on its own, standing on its own legs. The characters were well thought out, and their plights were realistic enough for you to care about what happens to them, and you want to see them all reach their goals. The action director for this movie is a pro racer in Cali, whom I read about in the Dirt Bike magazines before those scenes were to- uh, before, so those scenes were top notch. And the girl beating boys was a great Disney inclusion, so everybody feels like they're part of the fun. I can still watch this movie over and over again and not be bored or put off by it. I heartily recommend that you give it a look-see, especially if you have a young daughter who wants to feel empowered to go get her dreams. And then he adds a PS. He went back and edited it. Um, as for getting her bike, and they list their daughter's name. As for getting her bike, my daughter fell off and got poked in the ribs and wanted out, but she did end up racing slot cars and blowing the doy and blowing the doors off of the boys. I she like now has that. a room full of trophies. I like that. I was like, that's heartwarming. I like that. Are you ready to hear somebody who just doesn't understand? <laughs> sure. Oh god. This person's review is titled A Disney Movie About Fraud. Okay. Yeah internet fraud or insurance fraud we've had those identity theft probably yes that is this is this person just like is very hung up on one very specific item some fraud tries to compete in the big leagues of motocross by switching places with her brother she gets the top by lying and manipulation She should have been disqualified for lying. This movie promotes lying and cheating to win. (laughs) Also, the idea of a nine-year-old mechanic is absurd. It takes many, many years to get that good. Go back to the Tonka Toys. I agree. It is absurd. (laughs) Is that kid nine? He's nine. Jason's nine. 
Wow. Oh God! I have no concept of ages. Go like back when to I look at a kid, when I look at a kid, I'm like, that kid uh. could be five or thirteen. I I literally have no. Like, I'm consistently uh. asking my cousin, like, what can my nieces and nephews do? Like, I'm like, oh, what what do they want for presents? Like, can they talk? Can they drive? Can yeah. they, like I don't know who are they? I quite literally. I it's like it's like a massive blind spot i think in my understanding uh, of society that i look at a child and i'm like i have zero idea if that kid is two and a half or seven like i can't <laughs> I, 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 have, I, have, I have no idea i had this thought in california a couple days ago because i went on the warner brothers tour and uh-huh. you have to be at least five to go and there was this kid in my group and i kept being like there's no way that kid's five and then i was like but how would I know? Like, how yeah. would I know? Yeah. That kid could be seven, and I just don't know. And also, if you're seven, I expect you to be, like, basically a non-functional creature. And, like, I, I think I was saying, like, I was pretty, I don't know. Like, I I have I have zero concept of, like, when can kids say sentences? You know what I mean? Like, I I have no idea how, how children behave in society. <laughs> This is a massive blind spot for me. Thank God. I I very rarely ever interact with them. All right. So that was motocross. And those are those two reviews. I just like of all the reviews, that one to get hung up on the lying part. Uh, I thought Dude, was that's funny. a wild review. <laughs> Thank God. It wasn't just blatant, more blatant, more blatant. Sexism. Sexism. It was like, it was, it was almost though, like Mr. Henderson being like that kid's weird. Like, yeah. it's like, this is fraud. Yeah. yeah. Like, mm. Well, up next, we have another one that I grew up watching, and I don't know if you guys did, but it's Luck of the Irish. Oh! I'm hyped about Luck of the Irish. The return of Brian Berryman. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, I want it to hold up so bad. This is a decom classic. And, Molly, to your point, a, main, uh, a big sport. A mainstream we don't have sport. A, Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't have like a nuanced sport. We have something big here. But we, we also have leprechauns, so. And that's going to be great. You're not wrong. And and some fun games that get to be played halfway through that one. But it's going to be great to watch. I'm looking forward to it. Folks, thank you so much for listening. If you have enjoyed what you've heard, please feel free to give us a rating and review and subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcast. It really does help us out. In the meantime, you can also follow us on all of our socials. That is either at Mammoth Club or at Mammoth underscore Club. And until next time, folks, this has been Zetas Lapidus, and we will see you soon. Bye. Find your pot of gold. Granda with the potatoes. <laughs>